Welcome to the Billions Police Department Unfiltered Podcast. This is episode eight, will be part one of two, and we're talking the public safety mill levy. And today we're going to be talking with Billings Police Department Chief of Police, Rich St. John, and Billings Fire Department Chief uh, Pepper Valdez. Sirs, welcome. Thank you, Brandon. Mm. Appreciate you having us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So here we are today. Uh, we're recording a podcast because we want um, anybody to come and listen to this where they can educate themselves. October 14th, uh, ballots are coming out. Uh, the city's asking money for a public safety mill levy. And I think we just want to take a little bit of time and explain how we got here and what we're asking for from emergency services. Yep, you bet. Let me uh, let me jump in on the front end of that. Uh, so uh, going back to 2019, uh, the city had been actively looking at growing public safety. Uh, everybody was recognized, uh, recognizing that uh, we were a growing community, our uh, population was increasing. Uh, everybody's calls for service was going up. However, our ability to generate revenue was stagnant, and uh, we were getting to a point where we had a significant uh, deficit in the public safety fund just uh, to the tune of about $4 million. Um, so uh, a plan was put together to really aggressively grow uh, departments. And let's just talk specifically police and fire. Uh, for me, it was, a, it was uh, 30, 40 officers over five years, which is very, very expensive. Uh, COVID hits, we get into economic uncertainty. Um, the city council wisely decided to continue forward with the public safety ask. However, it was only for enough money to maintain status quo. Um, had uh, we not done that, we'd have been looking at reduction in services and layoffs. Uh, thankfully, the public did approve that, and uh, we were able to continue on. Uh, what people seem to forget throughout the 2019 and 2020 presentations uh, we did say that we would be back. We just didn't know when um, uh, because growth continues and we still had our, uh, our problem uh, generating revenue. For the police, depart police department side of things, uh, we started seeing a significant increase in violent crime, uh, steady increases over the years, and it really spiked in 2020. Uh, so the one things I always say to, to the public is, if not now, when? Uh, for our side of the shop. And so that's, uh, that's what really the impetus was uh, for the public safety uh, levy for 21. And I can let Chief uh, um, expound on that if he wants. Yeah, Chief Feldes, where, where were we, where were you, where, where, where was the fire department at in 19 and 20 going into this? Uh, Absolutely. So uh, in 19 and 20 going into this whole thing, um, we were at the point of actually looking at fire stations, um, not just one, but two, uh, one in the Heights and one on the West End. Um, and then we had the report to come in from uh, CPSM, uh, and essentially that report was to address or, or take a snapshot of what was currently happening or taking place. Um, and they were able to, able to help us identify some inefficiencies uh, in the biggest inefficiency was uh, in how we handled emergency medical services. Um, the belief there, <clears throat> excuse me, the belief there is that um, by using smaller lightweight vehicles um, to help uh, augment the system and take pressure off of uh, our engine crews um, would be able to uh, uh, help the system and greatly 
uh, increase uh, efficiencies and cut down on the wear and tear and, and uh, costs of those big apparatus. So you mentioned the, the Center for Public Safety Management. They came in, they, they did a study. Uh, either one of you, I'll, I'll tee you up. Can you kind of speak to that? Because they did it for both the police and the fire departments, and they gave recommendations. Can you kind of speak to what the purpose behind that was and what that meant and the results were and what the report said about the organizations? Well, I think the purpose was to bring a third party in to uh, analyze both of our department's operation. Uh, I think the citizens have been listening to, uh, you know, the police chief and the fire chief ad nauseum over the years talking about a growing community, stagnant resources, and, and uh, you know, the need to, uh, to, match, to match resources with the service requirements. Uh, and so it was very important that we had somebody else come in and look at stuff. And if they were to, if they were to say, no, you don't need that, then we're probably not sitting here having that having this conversation but what they did say uh was that there are some things in both departments uh, there was 102 recommendations for us 34 uh for the fire department there's some things that you can do better and more and be more efficient they didn't say uh your department is dysfunctional you know dismantle the thing they're, they're saying great job um outstanding professional um, organizations on on both sides uh, but here's a few things that cost no money uh, to uh, to help improve your efficiency and effectiveness. However, on the police department side, there were four or five things that did uh, require money, and that's what, uh, the purpose of the safety levy for us. They recognized that um, you know even though we we correct our inefficiencies, you are woefully short of staffing. Um, and interestingly enough, they didn't say you don't need all police officers. You can get get by with some civilians to help take the load off and free up your sworn officer's time to do uh, either emergency response or proactive policing. Chief Valdez, what did the report kind of indicate for the fire department? Um, the report uh, for us, uh, it, it mainly, so let me back up a second. So for the Billings Fire Department, we have um, roughly 44 square miles within the city limits. And then you double that um, service area with the BUFSA, which is the Billings Urban Fire Service area. So this report dealt strictly with what was taking place within the city limits. Um, and that addressed our high call volume um, in regards to emergency medical services. Now we are an all hazards department, so we respond to rescues, we do hazardous materials, we do uh, fire prevention in the form of public education, um, code enforcement, business inspections, um, but EMS uh, takes about 60% of our high call volume. So in 20, we had just to tick over 18,000 calls, and in this year, we plan to be well above 19,000 calls. Um, so the issue was is that we were sending the fire engine on every single one of those calls. Uh, that's expensive and unsustainable. Um, so CPSM, some of the biggest things they addressed were um, how we dispatch. And so, uh, as Chief St. John alluded to earlier, um, there were some uh, ideas that came out of it to, uh, again, help us to become more efficient um, and not just do uh, the old mentality of send the fire engine, send an ambulance, send a, uh, a police squad car to every single call. So we're getting away from that. Um, uh, 
So our uh, dispatchers have more latitude on what type of resources get um, dispatched or deployed to uh, different categories of calls. Again, efficiency. Second part of that is they identified um, having a contract with an ambulance provider. We currently do not have a contract, nor have we ever. It's always been under an ordinance, which leaves too much uh, gray area for any uh, private uh, service in our community. So we'd like to get something that's more tailored uh, for us uh, and um, quite frankly, um, being able to fit within our system. And the third piece of that was um, identifying, again, what I had said earlier about uh, smaller uh, equipment responding to what we call lower acuity type calls. Those are the non-life-threatening type medical calls. So those are some of the big issues that uh, CPSM recognized. And one of the things that I kind of want to point out for our listeners is that uh, don't look at the 102 recommendations and 34 recommendations as negative things that your department wasn't doing. The agencies said, let's look at internally, how can we do business better with what we have? Uh, and I think that's a good quality of, of, of the city and the departments to be able to look and, and say, are we doing the best that we can and identify areas to improve of, of where we're at? Uh, leading into that, um, there was also a citizen satisfaction survey, Chief uh, St. John, if you would kind of speak to that for police services. Uh, certainly, Brandon. It was exclusive to the police department. Um, uh, essentially, a, uh, a multi-question uh, document went out uh, asking uh, a myriad of questions on, uh, you know, service, uh, professionalism, uh, a wide variety of topics. And at the end of the day, uh, what the survey showed was that overwhelmingly the citizens, or at least the people that took the survey, um, were very, very uh, pleased with the police department, police department's efforts. Uh, they, uh, they held uh, and hold the department in, in, uh, in high regard um, and, uh, and believe that we're, uh, we're pretty trustworthy, which is, which is a good quality. The bad thing about that is that when you get those high, um, high marks, then the only place to go is down. Uh, so we need to work hard to, to maintain those things. Uh, also, what those uh, people re uh, recognize is that we have a serious crime problem here, and that we need additional resources to deal with that. And so, again, the third-party peer review of both police and fire, on our part, a citizen survey, um, Separate and apart from me and Chief Valdez standing up, um, you know, talking about this, added some validity, added some impetus to to the reason why we're moving forward with this at this point. So you brought up, uh, you know, the increase in crimes and the identification in the communities that, that, that there's a recognition in the community that crime is on the rise. Um, Back in 2006, the estimated population in Billings was right a little over 98,000, and as of 2020, right at 110,000. Uh, but calls for service continue to go up for both agencies at a rate higher than what our population is. Can the both of you kind of speak to the demands, and I'll start with you, Chief Valdez, uh, the demands that have been placed on your department over the last 15 years? Absolutely. So... Um as Chief St. John has said earlier, uh, we have been doing a lot of um, uh, uh, presentations. Um, and what a lot of people don't understand is 
uh, our call volume has gone up proportionately. So when she, the chief talks about violent crime, um, that comes with a medical component, and that's where the fire department comes in um, as we do oversee the emergency medical services side of it. So while the police department's uh, call volume is increasing, so is ours because um, we are a package deal, essentially. Um, and so since 2010, uh, our call volume has increased by 76.6% uh, to be exact, and I think the chief is right there also uh, with ours. So uh, the demand has increased dramatically. We've also seen a lot of outside of the drug uh, addiction side is the mental health and homelessness uh, portion of it also. Chief St. John? Yeah, and, uh, and Chief Valdez is spot on. We've uh, you know, seen significant increases. Uh, we measure violent crime, uh, multiple subcategories, homicide, robbery, sexual assault, um, and uh, aggravated assaults. And we've seen significant increases with there. And the Chief is absolutely right. Uh, and I think this is the one thing that that we want to stress to your listeners is that although police and fire generally get the front page above the fold uh, with, with things, this is a holistic approach to, uh, to public safety in the community. We fully realize that, um, that code enforcement, that the city attorney's office, the judge, um, and our partners in mental health are we are all intrinsically linked, and if you add or take something away in any one of those areas and not uh, uh, reflect the same in the other, it, you have an adverse impact. Uh, and a very simple example will be if, if you add more police officers and you do not add more, more attorneys to support the work that they're going to do, you're going to have a, have a problem. And we show that uh, with the city attorney's uh, presentation on on how that uh, has resulted in uh, over 50% of the domestic violence victims are not getting justice simply because they're not adequately resourced. And it'd be the same thing with police and fire. You add more, uh, we're going to be able to handle more, uh, more calls, and then, um, you know, chief won't have enough units to back us up with that. And there's some other things that, uh, you know, that I would say, um, you know, how tightly we, we work together, and it would be, you know, very low-frequency, high-liability situations. Uh, Chief talked about a lot of his, you know, his rescues and all that, but the one thing, and you're instrumental um, in developing this, would be what's called the Rescue Task Force. Probably the worst thing that we could deal with as a police department would be an active shooter situation, and if we have an active shooter situation, we have firefighters with us on scene uh, and people don't know that. And so if we start, you know, adding, taking away, those abilities go away, and, and it could be catastrophic. So that's really need to stress that, that, yeah, it, it's not just police and fire. It's everybody supporting everything. They're so important. So one of the things I want to hit on and divert and kind of change a little bit here because I think it's really important because it ties in together with how the departments are affected and, and work together with the mental health issue component. Uh, a lot of times we think with that in, in law enforcement terms for the calls of service that they go on, the downtown stuff, but the, the Billings Fire Department responds to a substantial number of medical calls that include mental health issues too. Um, 
And so the resources with the Substance Abuse Connect and the other coalitions that we have in town, uh, they tie directly to this calls for service and volumes and, and um, a way for us to be able to divert those to different resources. So Chief Valdez, could you kind of explain to the listeners the interaction with the fire department with the mental health issues that they see from their perspective? Sure. So um, again, uh, (laughs) it's funny, we can't get away from each other. So our brothers and sisters in blue are tied to this also, um, as especially if uh, uh, on the mental health side, if if an individual is violent. Um, So our dispatchers can only uh, go with the information that is given to them. So we get there on scene and fire and ambulance are the only ones that have been dispatched. And we find out this individual is violent or uh, very aggressive. Well, guess what? We need to be calling uh, our, like I said, brothers and sisters in blue uh, to come back us up. Um, So uh, we have seen a dramatic increase. Um, You can blame it on COVID if you want to. Uh, The trend was already uh, upward um, beforehand. Um, It just dramatically increased. Uh, with the COVID. I don't know if that is uh, due to stress, uh, what you want to blame it on, but um, we're seeing all different types. Um, You can't really pinpoint, uh, at least we can't really pinpoint uh, what's causing it. Um, But without a doubt, um, the increase in demand um, is, like I said earlier, becoming unsustainable. Um, And that's why we've thought, you know, we should probably uh, backtrack or regroup, take a pause and figure out, okay, We're going to be responding to these. Doesn't matter. Uh, The call volume is increasing. So what do we need to do to be more efficient with what we have? Chief St. John, could you speak to the Substance Abuse Connect program and the coalitions that we have? Yeah, certainly, Brandon. This has been underway for probably a year and a half, if not more, uh, where we've been working with our partners ac- across the spectrum of, um, of rehabilitation, clean and sober housing, um, whether it's uh, employment, things of that sort. And the whole idea is to divert these individuals, this population, out of the justice system. They don't belong in the ER, which affects Chief Valdez's crew when they're doing a med- medical issue, and they don't belong in the jail, which affects uh officers and then ultimately uh, the jail and the courts and so if we can get these individuals matched with the proper resource and diverted out of either one of those systems uh, and that's one of the 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 programs that the chief valdez is is highly touting in this recommendation and i'll let him expound on that uh we're going to be money ahead Uh, we have identified 90 what we're calling super users who have cost this community, um, taxpayers and the private sector with the ambulance and the hospitals, $10 million of unrecoverable funds uh, that, uh, you know, if we can find the right place for them, match them up with sustainable treatment, um, intervention, prevention, then we're going to be money ahead. And that's the, that's the, the uh, seat at the table that uh, a small portion of this levy ask uh, gets us. So let's let's pivot again and let's talk numbers. What are we asking for? What does that mean to the taxpayers? Chief Valdez, I'll throw that one in your court. Okay, thank you. Um, so the uh, let's see, we're calling it a three-pronged approach, if you will. So the first two pieces of that um, 
do not cost the taxpayers uh, any extra. So the first, if we review, the first is the priority dispatching. So that's just a change in philosophy and how we do things. Um, the second piece of that would be a pursu uh, pursuing a contract with an ambulance provider, um, again, to tailor uh, to our community's needs. The third piece of that is where the public safety mill levy comes in. Um, and what we are looking at uh, is um, a roughly 14 uh, new FTE to help us create a division within our department. And that uh, would be uh, two teams of two, uh, medically capable and suppression ready uh, personnel uh, in a lightweight vehicle that is roving during the peak hours. Um, peak hours being you know, a 12-hour block out of a 24-hour period, uh, seven days a week, um, one to cover the West End and Midtown, and another unit to cover the Downtown and uh, Heights area. Um, again, quicker responses, uh, fully staffed so that it keeps the uh, larger rigs uh, in quarters and prepared for the more labor-intensive uh, and higher acuity uh, type calls. Uh, and then you're, you will see eventually a uh, reduction in uh, fuel cost, maintenance, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so also a part of that ask within those 14 FTE, we're looking at another deputy fire marshal. Um, and that individual would be responsible for business inspections and licensing in a timely manner, more public education, um, being able to conduct uh, community risk reduction, uh, which is a big deal for our community as we... Um, have a lot of risk uh, identified in our uh, community. Um, also a logistics officer. Uh, we have quite a bit of equipment that goes on those big toolboxes. Uh, and by having that individual um, uh, specially assigned over the last three years, um, we found that we've been able to um, have improved accountability and a lot of reduction in lost equipment. So, and, and so dollars and cents wise for the, the fire investments, about how much money a year are you guys asking for? Roughly 1.5 million uh, would cover that on an annual basis. Okay. And Chief, so the, the overall ask per annual basis is about 7.1 million. Can you break down some of the police and other investments? <clears throat> yeah, certainly, Brandon. So on the police side, um, as I indicated before, it was uh, 28 total. Um, full-time employees, half of those being civilian positions. Uh, this is, I think, something that I know I was a little surprised, and I, I can't speak for uh, Chief Valdez, but I was anticipating the, um, the consultants coming out saying, you know, you are drastically understaffed, under-resourced, your, your community is growing, you need a whole bunch of policemen. And they didn't say that at all. And I don't think they, they said what, uh, what Chief was expecting. And so uh, this is what makes this ask much more palatable to our policy body and the citizens. Uh, so getting back to it, um, you know, 14 civilians for us uh, really help take some of the less emergent, uh, less pressing calls off of uh, patrolmen and detectives uh, so they can free time up to be proactive and answer 9-11 calls. Um, the uh, officers that we'll get will be spread among our um, patrol and detective division. There'll be some supervisors. Uh, speaking on behalf of legal, uh, they're the back end of what we do. Attorneys, paralegals, some support staff, uh, an additional municipal court judge and staff, 
And then code enforcement supports both uh, chief and our operation um, on public or private property, I should say. They, you know, they clean up blighted properties, run-down houses, uh, transient camps, um, campers, and uh, junk vehicles that are in people's yards. So additional people there. They're a very small division. I want to say five for the city of Billings. This would be an additional three. And then we talked talked a very, very, um, you know, small amount, two mills or 415000 for the uh, the seat at the table with the mental health. And so as far as strategies of implementing those with the Billings Police Department, they've talked some with the fire department. What would be the breakdown and usage of those, how we're going to apply that? Well, of the civilians, about half of them are going to be what we call community service officers. Uh, they are not sworn police officers. Uh, they uh, will answer uh, non-emergent calls. They will handle uh, things like uh, a burglary, a theft, a vandalism, a non-injury accident. They can help direct traffic. They can help with parades. Uh, they will not do anything that's in progress or a, a suspect or offender um, on scene. Uh, the balance of those would be evidence technicians, and, and we would provide them with some specialized training to provide the same support to our detectives on crime scenes. Uh, they will do the, um, you know, the, 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 the tedious work of logging in pieces of evidence and, uh, while the detectives go out and do what they, they do now. Again, it's all uh, premised around... Um, the fact that we need to free up our resources to do emergent and pressing things uh, and uh, and allow somebody that doesn't cost as much money, frankly, to to uh, to handle those other tasks. Then we can be more proactive and we can be more efficient. The officer side of the thing, like I said, some are going to go to patrol, some are going to go to detectives in specialized positions, and then there'll be a, a few in there. Uh, for supervisory positions, because one of the things that was identified was our organizational structure was out of whack. And that's because we've been flattening the organization for so many years to save money. Um, if we can get that squared away, then it's going to improve our efficiency and, uh, and we'll make better use of our staffing. So one of the things that the locally here, we've been on a violent crime increase for several years while the rest of the nation had been on a decrease of violent crime. And we continue to uh, have more violent crimes in the community, and that's a major component of our overall strategy. Can you kind of speak to those increase in violent crimes and the overall strategy of uh, the department and how to you know, attack those crimes and improve quality of life? Yeah, certainly. We, uh, we have been uh, dealing with steady uh, increases in violent crime. Again, I identified those subcategories. Uh, it really went off the charts in 2020. Uh, we had double-digit increases um, in all those categories uh, to include a triple-digit increase in our homicides. So that's something that we really need to get a handle on. It affects the livability here in Billings. It affects uh, businesses' ability to attract and recruit people. Um, certainly paints a bad picture of what life is like here in, in Billings. And so we have four strategies that, uh, uh, that we want to address through the safety level uh, levy resources. Uh, first, we want to get after violent crime. Um, you know, we, uh, we're going to identify problematic people, problematic areas, and, and really focus our enforcement efforts there. We know that that, that that strategy works from previous years. Same thing on downtown safety. 
there is a whether it's a perception or a reality, people are uncomfortable downtown after hours. Um, and we want people to go down there and work and recreate uh, and not be un, uh, be uneasy. So again, improved uh, visibility, foot patrol, bike patrol, uh, focus patrol uh, on what it is that we need down there. Uh, traffic safety, uh, we're legendary for our drivers here in Billings. So they, they do believe that, uh, you know, our uh, stop signs and, uh, and lights are just advisory. Uh, and they are not. We got problem with drunk driving still. We've had a significant number of fatalities this year, and those are something that we really need to uh, to pay attention to. Uh, and then again, as I talked earlier, to support our partners um, on the mental health side, because we know what's causing the problem. And if we can get in uh, involved in the front end of things, then we're not going to have to deal with it on the back end, uh, which is costing the money. So. When we look at the overall cost of this, um, you know, listeners can go to the, the Billings, City of Billings website. There's a public safety mill levy page where you can input the, the value of your home and see how much it would increase your taxes. It's roughly about $8.33 per month for the average medium house at, at $217,000. Um, and as you mentioned before, Chief, we can't advocate, but we can only educate. But let me ask you this question, and I'll start have you answer first, Chief Valdez. Um, what if if we the mill levy doesn't pass? What does your what, what does that mean for your department, and what is the path forward for you there, and what does that look like? Well, obviously the call volume goes nowhere. Um, it'll probably continue to increase. Um, so uh, we are going to have to. Um, focus on what we can do, uh, continue to do uh, with those efficiencies that that report uh, pulled out for us. Um, obviously, some items that are part of the, the levy ask we wouldn't be able to, to take care of, so we can only be able to do with what the citizens uh, are allowing us to take care of. So um, we continue on with the priority dispatch. We continue on to um, take care of uh, a contract with a, a local ambulance provider. Um, and from there, uh, continue uh, uh, reaching out to the public uh, later on. Uh, but for now, that's, that's pretty much all we could do. Chief St. John, what's it mean for the police department? Yeah, and Chief hit a lot of the high points there. I mean, our, our citizens are going to determine what level of public safety that they want. Uh, fortunate for us, <clears throat> um, and the fire department as well, um, uh, Failure to pass this thing uh, initially is not going to adversely affect our operation. We're not losing anybody, um, and, and we'll, con we'll continue on uh, as it is, not as, e not as effective and efficient as we could be with additional resources. But what I would tell your listeners, Brandon, is that uh, even with the passage of the, of the 2020 safety levy, which, which bailed us out of a $4 million hole, we're still a million three short. Uh, and so, you know, the, the uh, administrator and the uh, policy body will determine how to make up that million three, which is usually coming out of reserves. Well, you can't, you can't run operations off of your bank account for long. And at some point in time, I mean, a million three is going to become two six. And you can, you can see how that's going, to, uh, th that's going to multiply on us. And at some point in time, something's got to give. And we're either, uh, for both of us, 
the lion's share of our budget are people. Um, I mean, so we're 80 plus percent of, of our budget is people. And if you need to make a million three, let's just go two six uh, dent in one's budget, the only way you're going to get that is to cut cut officers, cut firefighters. And when you do that, you're going to affect your services. And what I have asked citizens, if we get into that scenario, what do you not want us to do? It's not, if you give me X number of money, I'll do this. What do you not want us to do? Because we can't do everything. And it's an interesting conversation because different parts of town have different priorities. Uh, and so hopefully we don't get there. Um, but you'll never hear me complain about what we don't have. We got what we got, and we're going to go do the very best, uh, very best job with those resources. So we've been talking for about a half an hour now. So I think we've given a pretty good oversight of where we're at, what we're doing with things, uh, what we're asking from, from the, the community. Chief Feldes, is there anything else that you want to add to the listeners that would be important them to make a decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just want the uh, community to know that their, uh, their, their public safety is trying to do the best of what they have. Um, and we will continue to try to uh, to do our best to uh, not only maintain quality of life, but also increase that. Uh, and we're trying to uh, increase efficiency, or excuse me, increase efficiencies um, and try to be better stewards with the taxpayers' money. Chief St. John? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think some of the criticism is that, um, <clears throat> you know, that we're not good stewards of, of the taxpayer money. And I think that the peer study shows that we are very good stewards of the money, that we have been, uh, you know, really, really um, walking a fine line with, with our budgets, uh, and that uh, we will continue to do that. If, if the citizens entrust us with additional money, we will continue to be good stewards of that uh, and provide those services that they expect. Excellent. Well, I think it's a good uh, stepping out point for this. Uh, we'll post this up on the page. For our listeners, thanks for making it to the end. And uh, we'll be back with part two where we'll be talking uh, some of the legal and code enforcement portions of this, of the, of the part two. So thank you. Until next time.